That was a group called Siege from their CD, Home of the Cossacks, and that was Back to the Siege. Dobry večer i vitaju vas vsih šanovni radiju suhači na radiju peredaču naš holos radiju Krinskoho Korinja, kotra podijaci vam na bahatomovni radiju stanci AM 13.20 CHMB u misti Vancouveri. Pri mikrofoni Paulina djakuju što rišale perebute zimnoju na stupnu hodinu. Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM1320 CHMB Vancouver and in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. I'm your host, Paula Demchik mccory Pukrinske Pavlina. Thank you so much for joining me. We've got a great program lined up for you, an interview with Anna Dombrovsky of Ottawa, and she'll be telling us about work that uh, she is helping to coordinate to help uh, victims of COVID-19 in Ukraine. And we'll also be taking a few trips down memory lane because we just passed the 30th anniversary of Nash Holos um, in Vancouver. Uh, the program first went on the air on June 4th, 1990. And very soon we'll be coming up to the 20th anniversary. Um, I can't remember which day that was actually on uh, here on AM 1320 CHMB and also the 10th anniversary in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. So quite a few milestone anniversaries. So uh, we'll be taking a few trips down memory lane through the 30 years since musically, as well as uh, with maybe one or two spoken word things that I can find for you. As well, our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And coming up next is uh, one of my favorite songs. We'll be hearing a lot of them because, oh, hey, it is... um, I guess my anniversary as well as the program's anniversary. So uh, one of the pleasures of doing this program, as I've been saying over the past 30 years, is that I get to play my favorite music and share it with listeners. So coming up next is one of my very favorites. It is by a group from Toronto called Buria, and it is uh, the story of the Cossacks. Here they are now, Buria with Fly, Cossack, Fly. <laughs> 
his steps, the eager Cossack riding with his fellow Cossack at his side, and you can feel the Cossack full of pride and passion and praise. On their way to glory, trusting in their faith to lead them on to victory and grace of God leaving freedom is the right that all men have to see. And fighting for what you believe it has to be. Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing arts and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Hollis listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit ChochenkoFoundation.com. Every day, more Ukrainian soldiers are killed or wounded by Russian invaders. You can help wounded heroes by joining the Adopt-A-Soldier program of registered charity Ukraine War Amps. A small monthly donation goes very far for medical services and living expenses and creates a special bond between you and a wounded hero. 100% of your contribution goes to the soldier. Please, adopt a soldier today. Visit ukrainewaramps.ca or find us on Facebook. settled down and our warrior Cossacks looked sadly round to see how many brethren they had lost they'd cry out at the heavy cost it wasn't the first time their swords had clashed and they knew very well it wouldn't be the last they'd pray to God they had a war to win their beloved homeland would rise again
when the pioneers' backs were about to break under the toils of this new land. They prayed a God in heaven above, how much more could they withstand? They placed holy crosses into the ground, and soon new strength to go on was found. Their faith had brought them another day. They'd get back on their feet and say, they'd say, that our bard inspired us to strive for a better fate. It took many years, many sacrifices, many went to heaven's gate. But when the winds of freedom swept across Ukraine in the summer of 91, you could hear generations from the past join together with those of today as one and yell, As I watched my father be laid to rest in this his, but not his land. I looked my boy straight in the eyes, and I'd pray to God he'd understand. I said, this was a faithful son of Ukraine. Remember and cherish this bond. And then my son looked at me, and he said with a strength that seemed to come from a world beyond. He said, And from the story of the Cossacks in Ukraine to the Ukrainian-Canadian community, that was uh, Shum from Winnipeg and Budmo with the story of Ukrainian pioneers in Canada. And the descendants of pioneers also made their mark on Canada, as the Kubasonics will explain in this song, Giants of the Prairies. In Vegreville, Alberta, there's a giant peasant cup. It's the biggest Easter egg that anybody ever saw. The question folks up there won't answer even if you beg. Where the heck's the chicken that laid that giant egg? Giants of the prairies rising in the sky. Giants of the prairies designed to catch your eye. They may not be the sort of thing you fancy or you dig, but one look at it and you'll admit that thing is really big. Kamarno, Manitoba, they built a big Kumar. It's a really big mosquito, you could see it from afar. Now you may find it strange, a little weird, a bit absurd, till you realize... A mosquito is Manitoba's provincial bird. Saskatchewan's Kenora, there's a lady mighty fine. She's holding bread and salt, a Ukrainian welcome sign. They thought that giant lady would bring their town some class. Till some tourist park this Winnebago underneath her skirt. Giants of the prairies rising in the sky. Giants of the prairies, you just can't pass them by. You could hear the lonely trucker calling from his rig saying, Food. They don't call it a varanic, but some people think they should. Now I really must admit, I felt a little like a dork when they took my picture under a big pierogi on a fork. Pierogi. In 
the town of Vilma, they've got some giant shrooms. Even if you dried them, they'd fill many, many rooms. Now, if you want my opinion, I think you'd need a tanker to truck in enough cream to make a sauce for those pepankip. Giants of the prairies, rising in the sky. Giants of the prairies, now as the years roll by. In the future, archaeologists working on a dig my show. Eureka, look at what we found. This thing is really big. In the town of Andrew, they've got a giant duck. They had to rent a crane to lift that mallard off the truck. Now it hasn't generated the reaction they were hoping. The tourists mostly stop and yell, Night the Giants of the prairies rising in the sky. Giants of the prairies, oh me, oh me, oh my. Now I know folks who just don't care a feather or a fig. But even they have got to say, That thing is really big. Under Alberta, there's a new totemic sign for Ukrainian sausage lovers. It's like a sacred shrine. We bow down low before it. We gaze at it in awe. It's a fourteen-meter fiberglass. Giants of the prairies rising in the sky. Giants of the prairies, you've gotta wonder why. You think by now the audience we're playing for at this gig would all catch on and sing along? That thing is really big. You think by now the audience we're playing to at this gig would all catch on and sing along? That thing is really big. Giants of the prairies rising in the sky. Giants of the prairies, let's raise a glass of rye and congratulate the audience we're playing for at this gig, cause they all caught on and sang along the Giants of the prairies, shining in the sun. Giants of the prairies, I've gotta build me one. A mosquito or a mushroom, a pierogi or an egg. It's a way to leave my mark just like a dog lifting his leg. Giants of the My name is Serhii Kaznadi in Toronto, Canada, and I am pleased to narrate Victor's vignettes, stories about life in Soviet and post-Soviet Ukraine. These stories were written by Viktor Sergeyev, who lives in Mykolaiv, Ukraine. Viktor worked as freelance technical translator from English, but now has multiple sclerosis, which makes speaking difficult for him. But he finds great joy and a creative outlet in writing and sharing his stories online and here on Nazholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. You can find Victor's original transcripts along with his commentary at his blog, Vignettes, Life in Ukraine. Links and audio files at nazholos.com. Compulsory Steps, Growing Up Soviet Today, I will share with you the typical Soviet childhood, based on my own life experience. In Soviet times, children went through a very rigid process of indoctrination. There were three compulsory steps required of each child in order to grow into a proper Soviet citizen. Children began their studies at the age of seven. The first step was to be admitted to a program called Oktyabriata, and become known as one of the so-called October children. The name comes from October, the month in which the Bolshevik Revolution took place. The Ukrainian name for October is Zhovtyn. It is derived from the word for gold, the color that leaves begin to turn in this month. To my mind, Zhovtyn is a much prettier and more descriptive name. However, Russian was the lingua franca of the Soviet Union, and speaking other ethnic languages, especially Ukrainian, was frowned upon. In some cases, it was actually dangerous. At the beginning of Oktyabriata, 
we were all presented with a little badge, a red star with a picture of a blonde little boy in the center of it. None other than Vladimir Lenin, founder of the Soviet Union. Even then, at such a young age, the program struck me as odd, surreal, like some kind of silly childish game. But it was a game the authorities took very seriously. And it was only the beginning of a lifetime of such surreal games. I will never forget this propaganda nursery rhyme from my kindergarten days. Я маленькая девочка, играю и пою. Я Ленина не видела, но я его люблю. That was, of course, in Russian. There was no Ukrainian version. Crucification was in full force. The English translation goes like this. I am a little girl, playing and singing. I haven't seen Lenin, but I love him. Our teachers at school constantly drilled into us, you must always write the word communist with a capital letter, and the word God with a small letter. What an ironic ideological paradox. Did they see too? By the age of ten, and provided we studied well, we were admitted to the young pioneers. In the early 1920s, the Soviet regime created a pioneer organization modeled on the Western Boy Scouts organization, with the addition, of course, of stringent communist ideology. At this step, we were presented with a red necktie, called a Pionierski Galstuk, and another badge called Pionierski Znachok. On my blog, you can see a picture with all the three badges along with my original transcript. For the next four years, we were happy and proud to be part of the Young Pioneers. Apart from the communist indoctrination, it was a fun time, just as I imagine it was for boy and girl scouts in the West. However, our necktie gave away our age. At the age of 14, every teenager wants to look older. So once we left the school grounds, we would hide the necktie. At 16, we were admitted to Komsomol, the youth division of the Communist Party. In actual fact, every teenager in the USSR from the age of 14 automatically became a Komsomol member. Only those who studied poorly or were sent to juvenile prisons did not. Children of very religious parents were also excluded. But we had to pretend we were making a conscious and enthusiastic decision to join Komsomol or not. What a decision it was. Did we want access to officially sponsored holidays? Did we want to pursue higher education? Did we want to get a good job, perhaps one with the privilege of going on business trips? As children, we were well aware that there were no tourist trips at all even to socialist countries, for any child whose parents were not high-ranking Communist Party officials. So, did we want to live without even the small pleasures, as few and far between as they were, that came with the Communist Party membership? Well, of course, I joined Komsomol. I wanted the best life possible in that wretched system. Now I pray those days never return, and my daughter and her contemporaries will never have to endure the lunacy and absurdity the previous generation did. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Victor's Vignettes, stories from the life of Viktor Sergeyev in Mykolaiv, Ukraine. You can find Victor's original transcripts and commentary at his blog, Vignettes, Life in Ukraine. For audio archives and links, visit www.nashholos.com So until next time, do pobaczenia! Don't so be
from right here in Vancouver. They are called Zelia, and that is from their first CD released in uh, 1998. And the song was Napatochku Prala. Traditional folk song about um, a young woman bemoaning her fate being married off to an older man. This is Irena Bell, producer and host of the Ukrainian Hour on Chin Radio in Ottawa with a Did You Know Chisnalevi segment and special greetings to the listeners of Nasholos. Did you know that a Ukrainian ace pilot became a Mohawk chief? This is the subject of a new film from Ukraine. The title of the film is Fire Crosser, or in Ukrainian, The film is about a highly decorated Soviet-Ukrainian squadron leader who is captured by the Germans in World War II, escapes and tries to return to his squadron, only to be arrested as a traitor and sent to Siberia. He escapes Russian imprisonment in Siberia, escapes to Canada, and becomes a Mohawk chief, all the while maintaining his Ukrainian cultural identity. The film is not a documentary, but the filmmaker, Mikhailo Ilyenko, states that it is based on historical fact. It seems that a Soviet delegation visiting a native settlement near Montreal during Expo 67 was shocked when the native chief greeted them in Ukrainian. The film Fire Crosser was released in January 2012 and is Ukraine's official submission for an Oscar for the Best Foreign Language Film. You can see a trailer on YouTube and get more information about the film Fire Crosser in Wikipedia on the internet. Many thanks to Irena Bell of the Ukrainian radio program in Ottawa for sharing Chisnaleve, did you know, with Nasholis listeners. You can catch her show at www.chinradioottawa.com. This is CHMB AM 1320, Vancouver. Now, just like with other countries, the healthcare system in Ukraine is struggling to deal with the COVID-19 epidemic. The Catholic Church is stepping in to help the most vulnerable. Volunteers from parishes and various Catholic charitable organizations are distributing masks, food, hygiene products, and health safety information to the elderly, the homeless, needy families, and hospitals. One such organization is the Catholic Near East Welfare Association, also known as CNUA, which supports the humanitarian efforts of Eastern churches in the Middle East, Northeast Africa, India, and Eastern Europe. 
On April 24th, in response to a call to Catholics by Pope Francis to remember the vulnerable and the poor during the COVID-19 pandemic, the Catholic Near East Welfare Association launched a campaign inviting Canadians to help those in need in these areas. Recently, I spoke with Anna Dombrowska, a project officer who coordinates Kanewa work in Ukraine. Hi, Anna. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, Hello, Paulette. Thank you for the invitation. You are no stranger to the show. We have had you on once or twice before. And, of course, you're probably no stranger to listeners who may also recognize your voice from uh, listening to the Ukrainian Hour in Ottawa. Yes, um, I was lucky to meet uh, Irina Bell, the host and the producer of the Chin Radio Ottawa Ukrainian program. Uh, And it was back... uh, probably seven or eight years, I even don't remember. So I was volunteering from time to time, recording the whole program or doing uh, some interviews, uh, mostly about uh, in events in Ottawa or in general in Ukrainian community. Uh, so that was a very interesting thing to do. Um, I'm not a professional. <laughs> so I learned as I, as I worked on those interviews. Uh, it's a pleasure that, uh, that we have a, a good network of Ukrainian radio programs in Canada. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we all learn as we go. We're on the very few of us, uh, with the ex- exception here and there of, of a few who actually work trained as uh, as professional broadcasters. But uh, we all just jumped in because we had a message to share. And uh, some of us go back predate social media. And of course, now it's with all the technology, it's easy for just about anybody now to share their message. How long have you been at the radio show in Ottawa? I don't know exactly, but it's probably seven, eight years because I came to Canada 12 years ago, back in 2007. And it was a couple of years after that, uh, after I received my college degree in Canada mm-hmm. and my second education. So roughly, roughly seven, eight years, I think, uh, after I, I uh, graduated from college, Irina Bell approached me and she asked if I would like to record an interview in Ukrainian. So I jumped on this opportunity. It was interesting. It was new. And um, it was a great uh, new thing for me to learn and also interact with, uh, with people who are active in the Ukrainian community. So since then, I, I've been helping uh, as much as I can with a full-time job as well. This is a volunteering task. So I've been helping Panyirana here and there to record interviews and sometimes program. So yeah, if you're in Ottawa, uh, you can tune in at uh, 97.9 FM or with modern technology, it's easy to listen anywhere in the world using platforms such as Streama or TuneIn. That's not a problem. We also have podcasts. So if you're into podcasts, they're available on chinradioottawa.com. Great. Yeah. Let listeners tune in to Nash Holis from your part of the world as well. It's just so easy now. Yeah, and that's connecting everybody. Yeah. So you um, you mentioned that you, you like to volunteer for causes, and you volunteered for another one, this one uh, dealing very much with the reality of the world today. And uh, tell us a little bit about it and how you got involved with it and, and what you're doing. Uh, so I started working with Knewa, C-N-E-W-A, uh, three years ago, and it was also through the Ukrainian community. So my predecessor, um, Antin Sloboda, uh, found a, a different continuation of his career. He's a, a military chaplain right now uh, in Winnipeg. Um, so I was uh, interviewed and got this position that um, I would say is um, something that was um, I was dreaming about is to uh, to be a kind of a liaison between Ukraine and Canada and uh, to help with uh, with projects that uh, that help people. Uh, mm-hmm. So basically, in my position of a projects officer, I do a couple of things. Um, Definitely, there is uh, quite a lot of project administration work that is not very exciting, but has to be done. Uh, and there is also a part where I, I give interviews or where I go to Ukraine and see the projects in the field on the spot, right where they happen and interact with people. So I'm involved in daily interactions with our partners in Ukraine. And Knewa works with uh, three main uh, official agents in Ukraine. This is Caritas Ukraine, 
uh, Patriarchal Curia of Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church and the Ukrainian Catholic University. So through these three main agents, we send funds to other programs that could be with, with the smaller partners. But when we have those agents, it's a requirement of Canadian government. It uh, helps us to maintain um, transparency and uh, have our reporting on, on the best level to our donors. Um, so let's say with Kneva, we serve in different countries and Ukraine is one of them. As you mentioned, Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church is a, a Catholic Church of Eastern Rite. So Kneva is dedicated to serving Catholic churches of Eastern Rite in 12 countries for now. And Ukrainian one is the largest Eastern Rite Catholic Church in the world. Oh, I, you know what? I did not realize that. I guess I should have. Apparently, yes. And it's a, it's, it's a world church. It's, yes. it, it is in different countries. Definitely most of the population is in Ukraine. They're in Ukraine. Yeah. It is in minority still. Um, right now and probably since 1991 this is the year when ukraine became independent and the church right. came out of of underground even a bit earlier and kneva started helping uh ukrainian greek catholic church so since oh, that, that far oh that that long ago yeah yeah the since 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 it was since, since it was possible um so since then, church spread and developed in Ukraine, uh, Ukraine Greek Catholic Church I'm talking about, uh, mm. from the West to Central to East to, to South uh, to, let's say, uh, Bukovina, where there is not such a big impact and presence of Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church in Volin as well. Uh, so historically, Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church is uh, getting back to where it was and uh, spreading throughout Ukraine, um, it doesn't happen very quickly. There is a lot of um, uh, resistance and misunderstanding, but because because Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church has this uh, humanitarian part and its social services part of it that is very strong, that's why it appeals to people. Um, a lot of people in southern and in, uh, in eastern Ukraine are in big trouble, have been for, for, for six years since the start of the war. And mm. uh, these regions are sometimes much more poor than those in, in the west or, or in the center. Mm. So the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church comes in with a helping hand, with the good uh, news, with the hope, mm -hmm. so with the help of Christ. Mm -hmm. So, so the spiritual support as well as material support. Yes, it should come together, and this is something that um, I would say historically the the Orthodox, specifically Russian Orthodox Church, was lacking. So it was more of a control than actually helping and supporting the people. So with with Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church, we can see that uh, there is a practical help there on the ground. And the organization KNEWA, um, C-N-E-W-A, has been around for quite a while then. You said it was in Ukraine even prior to independence in 1991 when people were coming out of the catacombs and out from the underground and starting to... I guess churches were starting to become churches again, being restored from museums and warehouses and whatever else the communists turned them into. Knawa um, started helping once Ukraine became independent. But uh, the organization itself was founded in uh, 1926. So oh. that's quite an old one. It was founded by Pope Pius XI. The headquarters is in New York. And in 2005, an office in Canada was open that is now specializing on um, projects in different countries, but also with special attention to projects in Ukraine. Well, that's why <laughs> that's why I'm in a projects officer being uh -huh. here in Ottawa. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so then it was around since the 1920s. Were, during the communist time, was this organization aware of what was going on with the church being driven underground uh, during the Soviet era? Uh, I don't think there was uh, any possibility to help officially or even unofficially at that point. Yeah. Unfortunately, the, the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church was uh, destroyed, was persecuted by by the communists. And uh, now we see 
how much damage made to the population. Mm-hmm. And so now it's a, a work of restoration. And it wasn't until COVID-19 pandemic and this work that you're doing that I was even aware of this organization and the work that it's doing and has been doing. So thanks for, for bringing our attention to it. And so tell us what exactly that is it that you are doing now and how can, can Canadians help? Well, we usually have the pastoral projects and humanitarian projects, but now with the COVID-19, all the regular projects has been put on hold. And now we're launching a, a, an emergency campaign to help those who are in need due to COVID pandemic. Um, in Ukraine, we have a couple of initiatives that we would like to support, and these are mainly run by Caritas Ukraine. Caritas Ukraine is a part of the church. And most of the initiatives are aimed at helping the most vulnerable. So if something like a pandemic happens, those who suffer first are the most vulnerable and socially uh, unprotected people. And we know that there are many such people and families in Ukraine, especially amplified by war. We have orphans, we have uh, single mothers, we have grandparents, elderly people who don't have anyone to take care of them. We also face the problem of a high rate of infection among doctors and nurses in Ukraine. Uh, And that is now... um, is of May 19. We have almost 4,000 doctors being infected and 20, <gasps> 21 on ventilators in Ukraine. Oh. And this is one-fifth of all those who were recorded officially infected by the COVID in Ukraine. So that's one of the major problems. That's why um, Patriarchal Kalkuri of uh, the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church also would like to help the doctors and would like to host them in their facilities for free but they also need help so we fundraise for that uh, so let's say the doctors have their shifts in the in the hospital and after that they have to self-isolate in order not to harm their relatives so the church is providing their facilities and meals to those doctors who work at the hospitals so that's one of the examples of the help that you can support through Kneva in Ukraine and also another one is a big project. It's a, it's a, it's a ecumenical project that where different churches unite together and together with the municipal authorities and with the other uh, nonprofit organizations. And this project is called Kovchak. It's led by the Sheptysky Hospital, a unique Catholic hospital in Lviv. So they have a couple of initiatives within this Kovchak project. And if you would like to support it, you can also support parts of this project with Knewa. So one of the the easiest thing and the most important is to feed uh, those who are most vulnerable, those mm-hmm. who cannot move, those how, who are alone in their homes. And we're talking about Lviv right, right now. Uh, so let's say people who are immobile, who do not have enough means to, or even the, the, the ability to step out <laughs> and to buy products mm-hmm. for themselves and who are uh, most susceptible to the virus, that those are the elderly people. So the hospital, together with the Shaptitsky Hospital, together with the Caritas Ukraine, cook the meals, hot meals, uh, and they deliver a set to people's homes for them to be able to feed three times a day. So that's one of the initiatives. And another initiative is, is the Shabtisky Hospital organizes medical brigades, uh, like a mobile uh, medical teams. Sometimes people cannot get to the hospital or they cannot take a test for COVID. Well, those uh, brigades or teams are equipped to help those who are out of reach or cannot go there or simply to provide a phone consultation. Mm-hmm. So these are kind of a, a very small part <laughs> of all the initiatives uh, that are currently happening in Ukraine that are organized under the umbrella of Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church by a special committee uh, that was formed to help all the projects and initiatives, um, uh, COVID initiatives in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So... Um I guess government resources are pretty limited then? Uh, uh, the church, and every time we're talking about the, those projects, there is a, a dialogue with the government. And uh, 
if we're talking about Lviv project with the Sheptitsky Hospital, the city of Lviv is taking part in it. But uh, as we know, the health system in Ukraine has never been on a very high level. And and current pandemic revealed how weak it is. So there is a need of help there. There is a need of help in the social services system. It has never been on a top level. Mm. So yeah, uh, the church uh, feels there is a need and not only feels, there is statistics, there are people, there are displaced persons who need that help. Yeah, well, people fleeing from from the war-torn areas that before the COVID outbreak were in pretty dire straits to begin with. Yeah, and uh, Caritas has already launched initiatives throughout Ukraine, like very simple ones, small ones, but uh, they also did a lot of work in eastern Ukraine, like next to the front line. The parish social minister, this is the project that Kneva has been supporting for the third year, has now transformed and and taking into account the needs that are there. So basically, parish volunteers took fabric and took their sewing machines and created masks. Wow. And they were uh, going to the villages there near Severodonetsk, Muratova. So this is all very close to the front line. Uh, They were going there and talking to people, telling them about what is COVID, how to protect themselves, giving them those masks. And sometimes those people don't have even a TV at home. (laughs) We're not talking about internet. Right. So, So yeah, and it was important for them to hear the answers to the questions about what is going on and what to do. Fortunately, we don't have a lot of cases there. However, in Ukraine, there are many cases of pneumonia, but not COVID. Oh. Oh. So we don't know if those cases are actually COVID or they're pneumonia. Hmm. So what you're doing in Canada then is mostly fundraising to support, uh, to purchase uh, food and other medical equipment, fabric for masks, and and, um, basically to sustain the volunteers there. Yes, in a nutshell, that's uh, the most basic need and that's the important uh, undertaking by the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church now. So for those of us who are able to, how can we help out? Um, That's understandable that not everyone can help right now. There is a tough situation here, but if you can, in Ukraine, you will really make a difference. So you can make a donation to Knewa. The easiest way would be through CNEWA. .ca website uh, because you don't have to contact anyone. Right. <laughs> but, so you can also call us at one eight six six three two two four four one, or just send us a check. And uh, the address is twelve forty seven Kilburn Place, Ottawa, Ontario. We are very grateful for any donation that comes in these tough times. Well, I mean, it is it is tough. Many people here are in dire straits as well. So anybody that can um, afford to even a few dollars, even like five dollars helps, doesn't it? Yeah, that would definitely help. And um, certain things are much cheaper in Ukraine or in other parts of the world, like where we serve it. Uh, in Syria, for example, in Ethiopia, um, let's say a couple of dollars uh, will make a difference there. Yeah. Okay, so easy enough then, Knewa, C-N-E-W-A dot C-A, um, online, and um, again, the, the phone numbers, we'll post that in the show notes. Thank you so much for doing the work that you do, Anna, and uh, thanks for coming on the show and sharing the information, and um, I learned, certainly learned something about this, and we'll definitely be making a donation to Knewa to, uh, to help your efforts in Ukraine and elsewhere in the world. Thank you very much. Он на пельке обещался, и сиял, вышивал,
Слухай, слоню, я тобі зараз скажу, де я був. Я вже сюда був, чоловіче, я вже сюда був. Пері, переїхав я, море, переїхав я, море, переїхав я, я вже сюда був. Роза, Водіна, Восетна, Волина, Чикаго, Торонто, Уинепек, Лендон, Вилна, Вайда, Оттава, Інвуд, Арберг, Хамилтон, Дедлон, Фрейзервуд, Фрейзвилл, Боннівілл, Бекервілл, Фомлейк, Смоки Лейк, Лир Лейк, Шоу Лейк, Фіцик, я вже сюда був. Чоловіче, я вже сюда був, Прері, переїхав я, море, переїхав я, море, переїхав я, я вже сюда був. Зевтен, Педектен, Торгел, Стоні Плейн, Вернен, Вікторія, Венгувер, Келбер Плейн, Валі, Ривер, Суан, Ривер, Вейнярд, Вестбок, Селкер, Тофіл, Папперфілд, Матлоп, Етлбок, Петайлберг, Кемрос, Кентус, Сіті, 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 Гемлі, Вот апері, я вже сюда був, Чоловіче, я вже сюда був. Oh, 
And a set of some of my favorite tunes that I've played often on Nash Holos. That was Mikin Bunny with Chorene Orel. Before them, Ukrainian old timers and Yav Je Bu. And before them was Anatoly Rodenko and the Folklore Ensemble Kiev with Oikum Dokume Zalasyavsia. You've been listening to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio, our flagship show in Vancouver here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver and in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. In between broadcasts, you can visit us online at www.nashholos.com to get transcripts, archived audio files, a link to the Nash Holos podcast, information about the show, and a link to our Patreon site. And that's again www.nashholos.com. Nezhame vshiskin chile nashu programu vshichasu domu iskazate do pobachenia, ale peritem yo hochu zalashitavasti kime slovami mudrostia. Yakshu hochish shchosmate to nepotribno to be namanu chikate. And our proverb of the week, and my favorite one of all time, if you want to have something, you do not have to wait for manna from heaven. Well, with that, we've come to the end of our program, so we'll wrap things up with Anton Iwasuk from Alberta and Jason's Polka. I'm Pavlina. On behalf of all of us here at Nosh Holos and AM 1320, thanks for listening and Dobranich! <laughs> this edition of the show. If you're not yet a Patreon supporter of Nosh Holos, I hope you'll consider becoming one today, with the digital equivalent of a cup of coffee once or twice a month, or maybe even a snack or a meal. There's an option for every budget. Just go to www.noshholos.com and click on the orange Patreon button on any page there. Thank you for listening and for your support. Shterodyakuyu. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.